views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Oh, I love this show. I love all of you. I love Mr. Benny. I love my special co-host today, Glenn and Rice. I'm just feeling the love. Mr. Benny, how the heck are you? And welcome, everybody, to the show. I'll be good. Still being good. And uh, we're off to another one today. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me if I was going to talk about the football issue. and I- What issue? Which one? Deflategate? The- oh, my God. 11 out of 12 balls have now been reported uh, to be <laughs> underinflated by two pounds uh, still no comment from the NFL, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, and as Glenna Rice would say, what else is possible <laughs> with that one? I'll just say, and for the record, the Seahawks do not deflate their balls. So Okay, there we go. Or don't play with uninflated balls. It's right. Or lower. It's just like, balls. I don't even understand how somebody <laughs> even checked that. It's and, a rule. Oh, my gosh. It is just like... Too much time on their hands. No. The <laughs> level playing field, Pat. You got to have a level it playing field. It is a field. level playing mm-hmm. field. I, I mean, I, I mean, it's really so interesting about where we go with things in this world. I was just talking to Glenn, and you heard that before the break. Uh, and Benny, this is something that you're going to have to pay attention to right here because you've got two little ones of your own. Yep. Got two little ones of your own. Yep, sure do. I know. Glenn Rice, my co-host today, the questionable parent. My child is bored at school. What else is possible? This show is off the charts. And how do I know it's off the charts? Because that was me in school. That was me. Bored to tears. Uh, But, you know, we didn't really look at things like that. We didn't really look at boredom in that way. You know, Glenna Rice is joining me here today And, you know, she is someone that has stepped into her own amazing work, new discoveries, ways to parent with more ease and more grace and helping other parents do the same. You know, many of you have heard me introduce her. She's also one of the most sought after access consciousness facilitators. And, you know, she does this facilitation to present us with the opportunities to step into awareness, to create the lives, to create the places, the joy, the, the glory that we want to experience on this planet. And she also does this through her amazing work with children and parents. You know, what do your children know? What do you as a parent know? How can we tap into this to make the difference Change is not always comfortable, but often required. Are you willing 
to be the change that can truly create a difference? Are you willing to gift that to your children? And today's show, by the way, is going to challenge us a little bit with a topic that has been controversial for decades now. My child is bored at school. What else is possible? And, you know, the question that usually gets asked about this, it's not, Glenna, and I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be like the one that you get to talk to here today. My child is bored at school. Usually what follows is, whose problem is that? And so Glenna Rice joining me here today, GlennaRice.com. Do you have a bright child who is struggling with school? What are we going to learn today? Well, we're going to get some tools, how to create an easier school experience for both you as a parent and your child. And for those of you out there who are thinking, hmm, I'm a, I'm a godmother and I'm a godfather and now I'm going to get some answers and now I can talk to my son or daughter about something that is meaningful for change. Glenna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I love your introductions. I could listen to them every day and just be happy. <laughs> but, you know, let's start with this thing because, you know, I, okay, I'm going to share a little bit about this. Do you think I've, I might know a little bit about boredom somewhere mm. along the way to being yeah. me? <laughs> but it was never like, you know, what else is possible? It's like, okay, your child is bored and, by the way, troublesome and, by the way, not paying attention. And, and by the way, whose problem is that? And so this is really a different conversation because anybody out there that's ever been accused of being bored themselves or having children that are bored has probably heard every pill, potion, or lotion that they should change and Mm -hmm. pointing fingers at who's not doing something right. So I would love for you to shine a light on this issue because this is almost, I think, an epidemic stage right now. Don't you think? What do you think? I think for a lot of children it is, absolutely. I think a lot of children, especially really bright children, um, they are bored at school. And, you know, this, I, I'm having this conversation because um, there was just an energetic synthesis of being class here in San Francisco where Dane here, um, who's had a show with you, and I know a lot of people know him that are listening, uh, did a class, and my daughter, who's 11, asked him a question. She said, what would it take for school not to suck so much, is what she asked him. And the conversation that came out of it was really, really interesting um, about children that actually are really bright and enjoy learning but are getting bored at school and what they can do to change it. And who is it really that, you know, who, who needs to change this? I mean, I'm really saying it's the children. I mean, they're the ones that are bored and they're the ones that are sitting in school. It's not the parents' fault. It's not the teacher's fault. There's no one to blame for this. It's like this is how the school system we've been creating for years has shown up. But what mm-hmm. can the kids do differently? How can they be different to change it for them so that the teachers work for them, the school works for them, that they learn what they need to learn that's going to empower them in the future and create something during the day that actually could be fun for them? And what questions can the kids start asking and what, parents, what questions can parents give their children to help them create something different at school? Well, you know, let's talk about boredom for a minute and what that actually means or better yet, how it shows up. Uh, because I think when we say my children's bored, uh, uh, my child is bored, I don't know about you, you have children, but I know that I've heard some conversations that are startling. Well, your child's bored too, too dang bad. And it's like, really? Okay. 
you know, you know, and I just want to talk about this a little bit for you, because how does boredom show up for a child? I mean, most kids, I don't know if they walk up and they say to the teacher, I'm bored here. <laughs> <laughs> it probably wouldn't be helpful either if they did. <laughs> uh, actually, I did that. It That is really it not good. No, it didn't yeah. work because when you walk up to a teacher and you tell teacher you're bored, they immediately have it as a personal reflection on them. And then from there comes anger. From anger comes punishment. No, I wouldn't recommend as a child that you walk up to a teacher and do that. But some children do. Others, do you think they act out a little? What happens? Yeah. Yeah, they'll act out. They'll try to entertain themselves. And getting in trouble, it can be really fun. (laughs) You know, it's a distraction (laughs) for the whole class and everybody's bored. And that's, you know, one of the tools is like, who does this belong to? How many right. kids have decided and how much is it projected on children that they're, that they're supposed to be bored in school and they become that energy because it's projected on them all the time, that they have to hate school and be bored with school and they're all sitting in the classroom with the same point of view and the teacher has that point of view and then you have to create the whole class from the point of view of everybody's bored, so you're going to be teaching boring things. That's one of the things that's going on in the classroom, um, which if, if everyone's point of view wasn't that it was they hated school and it was boring, what could the teachers actually create that might be different in the class? And just being that question, what would it take to not be bored today? What would it take to be have fun in school today? You might be surprised at what that starts to create for the kids. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. may start teaching off the subject a little bit and give stuff to the children that's actually information that they want to learn that's easier to learn for them because it's something that's interesting for them, or it might be presented in a way that's more interesting. It might get teachers out of this box of teaching from this place where they're boring children. Um, and um, going up to the teacher was one of the things we talked about in this class, yeah. and one of the things kids can do to make school easier for them and more fun is on a subject that they already know a lot about, you can go up to the teacher after school or at the breaks and go, I don't understand. Can you help me with this? I'm confused. Can you help me with this? And then the teacher explains the stuff to you, and you leave. You thank them about how much better you understand it now. And you do this a couple times, and now the teacher's empowered to be doing what she wants to do or he wants to do, which is teach, and you become the favorite student. And the thing about being the student that's most liked in the class is you get to do anything you want. The teacher will allow you to get away with anything you want. And they'll also, when you ask them questions in class, they'll do everything they can to answer the questions and empower you because you're now someone that's actually acknowledging the teacher for what they do. Now, this, this doesn't have to be a subject that you don't know anything about. It can be something that you know a lot about. And it's one of the ways you can start manipulating or having the school work and the teachers work for you, which makes it more fun because having people like you and having teachers like you actually it will make your day easier. It does make your day easier. I mean, and you know what we're talking about is not magic. I mean, it is learning some schools and some skills. Uh, It is really looking at things a bit differently. And, you know, it's really fascinating to me because, you you know, this is really a conversation I had not too long ago. Uh, And this whole idea of boredom, I honestly think it isn't just the children that are experiencing boredom. And, you know, that was pointed out to me. It's kind of like, well, wait a minute. You know, what is that mom sitting there waiting for her oil change? You know, how glued is she in? Is she to the video game as opposed to sitting there and having a a conversation with 
you know, the young five-year-old that's with her. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because boredom in sometimes, and I'd love for you to talk about this when we come back, boredom says, oh, I've got to fill the space with something. And you said it before. Oh, let me fill the space with something adventurous or exciting. You know, Uh let me see what I could fill the space with because, you know, if this class is making me bored, maybe I should be doing something with my cell phone under the desk that nobody's looking at. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Glenna about what some of the things are that we might learn about. What, for example, do we understand or could we understand about what's possible with bright and gifted children? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. It's here, the 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities, with special guests Jean Shinoda Bolin, healer Patty Conklin, Penny Pierce, and over 40 experiential life-changing workshops and inspiring evenings, all individually priced for you to create your unique conference. Evenings open to men. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. Always inspiring and uplifting, Brenda Thine spreads love and light wherever she goes. Enlightening, empowering, and encouraging readings, Brenda connects with your guides, angels, fairies, and loved ones who have crossed over to provide you with the highest guidance possible to enable you to live your highest truth and maximize your potential. Always light-filled, a session with Brenda will have you feeling wonderful, centered, and ready to take on anything. Schedule your session now at brendathine.com. That's brenda, T-H-Y-N-E.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. The Read of a Lifetime, Advanced Studies of the Human Aura by David Christopher Lewis overflows with new vital revelations to enlighten your mind and transform your world. Learn to supercharge your aura with rainbow-colored radiance and magnetize your heart's highest desires. Advanced Studies of the Human Aura, it will change how you see yourself. Advanced Studies of the Human Aura by David Christopher Lewis. Order it today at davidclewisbook.org. 
Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. For more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com. Also, go to Facebook, the Dr. Pat Show, Twitter, the Dr. Pat Show. For information about my co host today, Glenna Rice, it's real easy. Go to glennarice.com. Uh, and you can also find out more about her and the classes that she's teaching. I know she is travels all over the world teaching and helping all of us understand the power of living in the question. Today's show, it's a really, really important show uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, many of us know what it's like, you know, to watch children that we know, children that we love, go through life and in a way where not only do they feel like they're limited in terms of what they can do, but they're looked at differently. And I don't know about you, Glenna, but I know that I grew up being looked at differently. And differently can hurt the heart sometimes. So we're talking about my child is bored at school. What else is possible? I mean, isn't that part of it? You know, when we have a child that's bored at school, they are looked at differently as if, oh, why can't you conform? Why aren't you like the other children sitting here being quiet? Maybe you've got some kind of affliction that we need to address. This this is really hurtful to it, children, I think. It, it, yes, it is. And once they get labeled as having a disaffliction, ADHD, ADD, being stupid, I mean, they don't ever say the word stupid anymore, but they definitely can project that out there with the way they, you know, the teachers and the administrators behave towards the child. Uh, yeah, that label can stick a child. And, and most of these children... Of all the ones I've ever met that have the label of ADHD are incredibly bright, incredibly gifted, very fast. They need to be doing 20,000 things at the same time, or they are bored. Um, my children have bits of that, and one of the things I've always done, is a tool I learned in Access years ago that has you know, tried the test of time because it has been amazing, is I have them, their TV is on, their computer's on, the radio's on, they're texting people while they do their homework at night. They're doing as many other things that can be going on at the same time allows them to get the homework. It's really easy for them done. Just having, focusing just on the homework is too little for them. They need to have all these other things going on and it allows them to do homework better, which is a very strange point of view. No teacher is going to ever give you that point of view because they always say to have them go in a quiet room somewhere. And the adults that I talked to that also had this will say, oh, I always had to study like that. Yep. You're, you're talking to one. You're yeah. talking to one. And even to this day, uh, 
you know, I'm asked, how do you ever get anything done? How could you sit there and do this? You've got the TV on, you've got the radio on, and you're listening to something on the Internet. What's the answer to that, Glenna? You are a multi, multi, multitasker. You are better at multitasking than anyone else on the planet, and we're trying to stop that ability. I know that as a business owner, and I have people that work for me, if they don't have that ability, I don't hire them. They don't work for me for very long. If they can't do 20 things at once, they're not going to work very well with me because I'm doing 20 things at once. I have as many projects going on as possible. They're all swirling around in my head, and other things are going on, and I've got kids and their schedules. So the more things going on in my life, the more fun my life is. And when you, you just mentioned having a kid texting under the desk. Yes. No one could get away with that in school, but the kids are all doing it. <laughs> so if your kid is doing that, you know, just teach them to make that really, really infinite so the teachers don't catch them and take their cell phones away. And what would it take for them to be doing these other things at school and still be totally aware of everything the teacher is presenting and receiving all the information from the teacher that's required for them to know so they can pass the test or do the assignment or the things that the teacher may be telling you and giving you the information is going to create a foundation for your future. Because that's really, really what the gift of school can be for these children is that they start to learn things that give them a foundation for what's going to create a future. Because, you know, I know if you, you know, miss out a little bit in math or a little bit of English in some earlier years, it's harder to catch up. It's harder to ha- if you don't have that foundation. And if you just come from a place of knowing and awareness, which a lot of us have already done. We can kind of look back at our schooling and go, oh, yeah, I did do that all the time, where right. you just know what you need to learn, listen to, or read during the day that is going to create something for your future, like something for, that you'll need to know for school the following year or something that you're actually going to be using down the road. Mm-hmm. And having empowering kids to know when they know that is an amazing skill to have. And I think a lot of these kids with ADD actually have that skill but they never look like they're paying attention because they've got all these things going on. And we're supposed right. to have kids teach, sitting in class looking like they pay attention. So there's another tool you can give kids is what would it take to look like you're paying attention even if you're doing a million other things in your head? <laughs> that would be a great tool to have. You know, uh, it's really fascinating we're talking about this because I didn't really think about myself until I, uh, I started prepare for this conversation with you today. And even to this day, I'm not even going to mention how old I am, okay? But I'm just going to tell you, even to this day, uh, I get looked at as, you've got to be kidding me. I'm walking in a room with you. We're trying to watch the football game. Don't you even know that you got the radio on? And what are you doing with your cell phone, by the way? Listening to Transformation Talk Radio. I mean, can I ask you how you work with children to help them talk about their needs. Because, you know, as an adult now, I get to say, I get to say things like, I don't know how else I would watch the, the, the football game, to be honest with you. Um, but how, how do we talk to, I know you work with, with children and with parents. Yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall when you're having this conversation with them. Well, the first thing I always let parents and kids know, you know, the first question is, what if nothing about you was ever wrong? Because most people are coming to me from a place where there's something wrong. Yes. There's a problem. Something's wrong about the kids. Something's wrong with their parenting. There's a really big problem that they have to fix. And what if nothing about this is wrong? 
what if it's a gift talent and ability? And then, then start seeing to give them ways like what I was just talking about. It's how to allow the child to be who they are and enhance their gift talents and abilities, which is the ADHD stuff. Um, you know, these kids are aware of thousands of things going on. That's a huge talent. They're, you know, those are the people that run big companies. We're tr- and we're trying to create these children as these automatons that work in factories or something. I mean, our system is, school system is kind of based on a factory system from years ago. Uh, so how do you allow them to be in the school? Because the school systems probably aren't going to change tomorrow. So the school works for you. And just that question, how can you make the school work for you and your kids? And don't answer the question. Just allow the universe, the school, and everything around you to start contributing to that question you just asked with no expectation of what it would look like. Now, my middle daughter was diagnosed or with the school, in the school system with dyslexia, severe. Mm-hmm. She really mm-hmm. didn't learn how to read till she was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm sixth grade in middle school and she was and then so she was pulled out every day for um pulled out of the class to do you know a special group of kids that were all learning how to read or work on her reading every day she had an IEP um, independent education program that Mm -hmm. had for years and what I got is that by asking the question what it takes school work for her that is what worked for her she got to go with a really fabulous teacher got out of the classroom with all the people, everything that was going on in there and the boredom, and got to sit and do work with about four or five other kids that were like her and have a blast during those hours. And it totally worked for her in all those years she was in grade school and, t- and contributed. And then when she chose, and this is the thing, the kids have to choose. It is their life. We as parents can only guide them and facilitate them and offer them different possibilities, but they have to choose it. So she chose to learn how to read on her own just kind of made it's like some light bulb went off and she goes oh it's going to be easier if i learn how to do this subject to do reading. wow um because she was never a kid i could sit down and help she still will not let me get near her in her homework she never she would just did not want me around or her brother around and she so she chose these things on her own and that you know she's reading beowulf and all these other books in high school now she's in 11th grade so when she chose to change it she did and part of allowed her to do that is I never made her wrong for what was going on with her and what she was choosing. I just gave her possibilities to make it greater. And how can the teachers work for you? And the mm. teachers have always liked her. She, you know, that thing about asking for help was one of the yeah. tools I gave her that I gave at the beginning of the show. It actually really, really works. You know, try that with your kids. Give them that option to do that. Some kids will do it. Some kids won't. Some kids are too shy. But it actually will create a phenomenal change with the way the teachers um, relate to you. Well, I mean, this is not a situation that's going to go away either. I mean, you know, you and I kind of touched upon this, and I'd like to talk with you more when we come back from break about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there are many reasons that scientists and doctors have sat down at a table and talked about the state of our children and learning in the world uh, Mm -hmm. and what's going on and technology changing. And I, I mean, you know, if you listen to a panel of people and you hear the conversations about what is happening in today's world and why this is happening. You know, it's really interesting to hear folks, but there's very little to talk about how do we adjust uh, for children that literally have the ability to do that. What is the way for them to go? So when we come back, you know, I'd love to be able to, to talk with you and have you share where are we in the world we live in? 
are there more and more of these children and parents, you know, showing up now looking for a different answer? And what have you created, Glenna, to help them? Let's take a short break, everyone. Love to hear from you. I know many of you out there, if you have a child or know of a child uh, that is in this situation, my child is bored at school and you don't know what else is possible and you have a situation, give us a call, 1-800-930-2819 or go to the drpatshow.com and ask us a question. If you scroll down the page, you'll be able to type your question in and we'll get it on air for you. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with my very special co-host today, Glenna Rice. She'll be telling you about uh, a fabulous monthly telecall she has, questionable conversations, and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt, than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip of the week. When we own our own responsibility, we're choosing to own our choices, our energy, our day, our jobs, our relationships. It's a tall order, and what difference does that make? Well, plenty. We're choosing to look within, to change agreements within ourselves, to keep our energy field clean, and to upgrade as needed to make choices that are authentic to us. This shifts our language. We no longer blame others. We're no longer victims of our circumstances. So if we don't get paid abundantly or loved abundantly, let's look within and ask, where am I not honoring myself? Where am I not loving myself? Let's change the agreement. Let's get real with what's in place, forgive ourselves and others, and shift into our new life. Visit me at lesliefontaine.com or call me at 678-665-3366. Let this be the last day that you choose to look outwardly and look within. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is a great conversation for many of you out there. And I do have a couple of questions that have come in uh, that I will get to you. But Glenna, before we kind of jump ahead and talk about this, talk about this, you know, what has Glenna Rice seen along the way uh, to becoming the questionable parent? What have you seen along the way? Before we jump to that, can you tell folks a bit about the ongoing monthly telecall and also some of the upcoming classes you're, you're doing and how they can find out more? Yes, I'd love to. So the questionable conversations is my monthly telecall. It's the third Tuesday of the month is when I usually have it on. And it's an amazing call where I talk about a lot of these tools, get, kind of bring in a lot of the newer stuff that's coming through the access classes. I attend a lot of them. And it's about having a conversation with the people on the call with me. So you call in, and it's me, and there's open lines, and we and people ask me questions, and we talk about that. We do access clearings and just create more possibilities of how to be a question in your life around all sorts of different topics. And we just had a call yesterday that was fabulous. And the price is about to go up. So just to let your listeners know that it's $47 a month till the end of this month, and it's going up to 75 starting February 1st. So if you want to get in at this price, you want to get in in the next uh, week or so, and you can go to glennarice.com and um, sign up there at the on my Access Classes page on my website. It's the easiest way to find that information. And you can also link into the Access site where all my different classes are, and I'll be doing some body classes uh, in the United States. I have a class in L.A. in February, and I'm going to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which I've never been to. And, and one in my hometown is coming up, and then I'm in Copenhagen in June or July with the amazing Shannon O'Hara, who does um, a lot of work with entities and also teaches the Access Three-Day Body class. And we'll be doing co-facilitating a class in Copenhagen. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is really, I love, I love that you're doing that because this is a really exciting time. You know, I've been doing this show for 12 years and there is an energy, there's something uh, right now for what we're stepping into that is, is really epic. I mean, it is something that has, has really caught the attention of so many people and people are wanting to know what are the tools, what can I use you know, tell me more about how I can create the life that I want. And that's really, too, what we're talking about here today. Now, I know that you work uh, and you just shared, you know, some of the things that you're going to be doing out in the world. What have you seen around this topic? You know, what have you seen around the topic of my child is bored or at least they're bored or maybe they're not bored, but we're going to call them something else? Uh are we in a rise of this? What are you seeing? What are some of the things that are being said to parents and children right now? Well, I definitely think it's it's rising. I mean, more children are being diagnosed with, um, you know, things on the spectrum from ADHD to uh, autism. Every day there's more children being diagnosed with these all the time. Partially that's because the system is looking for that. And I think children are coming in different. They, you know, this is a, they're in this age of technology that was not around when I was a child to this extent. Um, and this, these may be the, the, the tools and skills that they're going to require in the future. They ha- they're going to have computers and cell phones and all these other things going on. I look at my oldest, who's 20 now, making incredible engineering. He's working with his father, who's an engineer, on um, pieces for... Uh, believe something with NASA, I, totally beyond me, these three-dimensional <laughs> computer graphics where these 
engine's been around, and he's designing them at 20 years of age. Now, these are skills and talents that weren't even thought about when we were children that are out there. So are these kids coming in with all these different abilities to multitask because that's what's going to be required for them in the future they're creating? And are we stopping it? Are we slowing it down? I mean, could, do we need to look more into what we need to create uh, for future possibilities for these children and what that's going to look like and start creating it now? It's one of the questions I'm asking all the time. Uh, and putting these kids on medications and slowing them down is definitely not an answer. There was a young boy who was from Australia that was on, I believe, Ritalin, uh, you know, a stimulant based on methamphetamine, one of those illegal drugs. And he was required in Australia, they have to take them. Like a nurse will actually sit there and make sure the child takes them. Yes. And And he could barely function and make a complete sentence when he was like 13 or 14 when I first met him. And then he was able, through empowering himself, making demands to change what was going on, asking a lot of questions and having an amazing aunt who was working with him to stop taking the drugs. And now he's um, in his, I believe in his early 20s, and is articulate, bright, caring, an amazing individual, and you wouldn't even know that it was the same person. So, I'm, you know, these drugs are not something that's going to be creating the answer that you're looking for with your children. And teachers and parents that are, that are being influenced by the system and by the drug companies and the doctors, that this is going to be something that works, that, you know, really start to ask, is this something that's going to help my child and create the difference I'm looking for? Ask it from that light and heavy tool we always use, yes or no. Is this, what's my child's future going to look like if I put him on this medication? What's it going to be like in five years if he goes on the medication? What's it going to be like if he doesn't? And see which is a greater future. And choose from that. And ask your child the same question. If you go on this medication, what is your future going to be like in five years? Is it going to be bigger or smaller? And see what they tell you. And another thing is, you know, if if it's possible that the school may just not be a school that's working for your child. And when right. you can ask that question also, is there a different school that would be, would be better? Not looking for an answer just from that yes or no lightness. And then what would it take for your child to help you and assist you to find that school and to create that future for them? Because they need to be a huge contribution in their own lives. It's not just us as parents that are creating these things. What does your child actually know about their future that you can start contributing to? And how can they help you? assist them in creating the future they want or they're looking to create, which is a different way than uh, us as parents putting this on mm-hmm. and deciding what our kids' future should be based on our experiences, which never works very well. Mm-hmm. You know, the dilemma, I think, and I'd love for you to talk to this because we were talking about this during the break. Um, part of the dilemma is if you're a child and, you know, you're not working with a Glenna Rice or yeah. you're not really in a in 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 a place where you can get this kind of help is you learn to survive right glenna i mean you learn to survive through the system and part of what happens is you learn how to manipulate the system i i, I don't know how many people have told me or have ta- as a matter of fact somebody mentioned this this weekend you know what we got a little issue you know she's starting to lie now, tell, tell lies now. And I thought to myself, why would that happen? And in, in almost as if they're starting to lie as a phase that all children go through. Can you talk to that for a minute? Yeah. And, 
you know, lying um, is part of how you can manipulate things to work for you. You can tell, I mean, you can be telling people what they want to hear. And a lot of kids are doing that. They're going to be telling the teachers and the parents what they want to hear to avoid getting in trouble, usually, to avoid getting in trouble or to be judged or to be, you know, judged as something that's wrong. Now, if you can be telling people what they want to hear from a question of what would, how can this create more in my life? How can this create things that are greater than I can imagine, which would be what I was talking about at the beginning of this call, where you go to a teacher and say, I'm confused, I don't understand. And that's not actually necessarily true, but it's creating something that's greater. It's not creating a lie to get you out of something. It's creating a, well, we could say a manipulation or giving people the information they want to hear, because people are only going to hear what they want to anyway. If you're, if you're coming from that place, from a place of what would it, what would it do to create my life greater than I can imagine, to create more, it's a little different energy than what you're talking about. And if they're lying and people are finding out about it, they're not very good at this lying thing anyway, so they might ask a question about what that's actually creating in their life and what they're, you know, what's going on here? What, uh, what are they trying to hide? What have they made mm-hmm. so wrong about themselves that they have to lie to, so people never see it? And is anything right. about that actually true? Right. You know, because part of this is, you know, this is a, this is a behavior, Glenna, that it, it, it's not a phase. It's not. It's actually conditioned behavior is if you learn how to, to, to not tell the truth, to lie, as we call it, at a very young age, and it gets you what you want, yeah. right? And we don't understand the basis for it. That doesn't go away when we turn 13. As a matter of fact, when Glenna comes back, she could talk, oh, perhaps a lot about what does happen, but also what we can do about it. You know, how do we honor children that are gifted, perhaps even in our language different? When we come back, we'll be talking about that and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Glenna Rice, my very special co-host today. If not today, one day you will need chiropractic care. Before you choose one, get a copy of this special report, Five Keys to Selecting the Right Chiropractor, available free, and you can read it in about six minutes. Get the care you need, when you need it, from the right chiropractor. Visit wellnessone.net or call toll-free 866-499-7509. Go to wellnessone.net or call 866-499-7509. 7509. Step into more inner and outer leadership in all facets of your life. This means being the CEO of your own destiny. Imagine a life of what you say goes. Lynn Brown, the host of Winning at the Game of Life, is going to help you activate the power in being present, owning your space, and harnessing all of your energy during her full day workshop. Own your leadership, own your life. Get ready to own your body, your relationships, your work, and your life. Lynn and co-facilitator Wendy Wolf have teamed up for a body and spirit experience that will transform you forever. Every person will receive two 20-minute sessions of body or aura work, amazing content, and a full one-hour healing session with Lynn or Wendy. Lunch is included. Space is limited. Sign up early and get an additional 20-minute session included. To register or for more information, contact Lynn at ruintuit.com or call 844-BE-INTUIT. 
Workshop is January 31st, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. in downtown Bellevue. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on the diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. Be a leader as a way of life. Reclaim leadership over your domain with Ascended Master Moses. Meditation workshop led by Wendy R. Wolf and Lynn Brown. Friday, January 30th at the Key Center Building in Bellevue. Live out your unique and significant role in this lifetime for the betterment of your soul as well as the universe as a whole. Come practice opening to your inner voice. Be the difference only you can make in your world. To register, go to HealGrowShine.com or email Wendy at WendyRWolf.com. That is a great song for this conversation. It was too easy. I'm sorry. It was too easy. That's a good song. Yeah. Glenna Rice is in the house. Uh, You know, Glenna, we talked about this in terms of, okay, you know, yes, our, our, okay, child is bored. And maybe you're an adult and you're bored. And maybe you are uh, or were the the kind of, you know, child we're, we're referring to here. It doesn't matter if you were or you weren't, you know, we're facing situation that requires a different alternative. It really does, because I don't think any of us want to go through life not being able to really show up as we really are, uh, discover the questions that are going to help us live the lives we want to live. And Glenna and I were talking about, well, okay, if you are one of these children, um, then what is it that you do, not just to survive, but to get through the system? What do you do? And Glenna, you have some stories about that, but you also have, you know, kind of an answer to this because showing up and not telling the truth becomes a way of life for you in order just to get through your day sometimes. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we're always, all of us are always lying all the time about who we even are. When you're trying to fit into a system that's not you, and you're trying to pretend you're normal when you're actually amazing and phenomenal, you're lying every day. So we're, we're the, bit, the, the people we lie to the most is ourselves. We're always lying to ourselves. And it, lying is an interesting energy because one of the things is when someone is telling you a lie, you often feel angry. And that's one of the clues that someone can be lying to you. And you can say, okay, there's this anger because there's a, there, there's a lie here. And is it a spoken mm-hmm. or unspoken lie? I mean, you can feel angry about your life when you're not fitting in because you're trying when you're trying to fit in because you're lying to yourself, and that can make you angry. So that's a question. Is there a lie here? Is it spoken or unspoken? And there's an amazing tool, amazing tool for parents and teachers, and kids can use it too, is if you say truth in your head, you will know if the person is lying or they will tell you the truth. So if you have a child that's lying all the time and you're wondering if they're lying, if you say truth in your head, or you ask them, you can even say truth, is that what you did? And if you say the word truth out loud or say it in your head, it's amazing that they will tell you the truth <laughs> or you will know that they're lying. One of the things that will happen is when you say truth, they'll smirk. And I've had it happen over and over with my kids. 
so it makes it really hard to, they, I mean, they can't really lie to me. Um, I may not know exactly what the lie is, but I know it's happening. And, and the one thing you want to do when you know that someone is lying is you don't want to call them on it, which is what most people want to do. They want to call the person on it and make them wrong for lying to them and make it, all, make it a big deal. But if you, if you know that someone is lying, you have all the power. You have, you're the one that's in charge of that situation because you have more information than they do. You know that they're lying, and then you can go from that place. And I don't know, one of the things that just recently happened with my kids is they wanted another hamster, which is really silly. And I said, no, you can't have a hamster. We're not getting a hamster right now. It's not happening. And my daughter said, truth, Mom, do you want a hamster? And I smiled because I was lying. I love hamsters. I think they're adorable. <laughs> so guess what? They got a new hamster. So that's a silly way it can be used, but it works in all situations. It works really well if you're going to court. Because the people that you, you know, if you have someone, if you have a problem in a legal situation, if you say truth, the other side will tell the truth or the judge will know they're lying. And I used that when I was in um, going through the settlement with my ex-husband with the children for child support. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it totally worked. The doctor knew he was lying. I mean, the doctor, the lawyer knew he was lying. So there's a tool that parents and teachers and kids can use so that this lying thing doesn't have to be such a big uh, mm-hmm. distraction. It gives you more clarity on everything around you. You know, Glenna, I know you've talked about this before, but part of this is also, uh, as an individual, whether you're a parent or not, but as an individual that is in front of a child or a young adult like this, is giving up your perception or point of view of what you think they should be like. You know, just because I grew up in an Italian family and we got on the floor and cleaned the floor with our toothbrushes, how in the world would I think today that a 16, 17, 20-year-old might want to do that same thing, okay? How would I think that? Yeah, and you want it like this to uncreate and destroy, to get rid of all of your projections, your expectations, your conclusions, your judgments about your child and what they should be, what they shouldn't be, what they're supposed to be like, and about you as a parent. Mm-hmm. And uncreate and get rid of all of everything, your relationship with your children every day. And your children can uncreate and destroy their relationship with their school with their teachers and with learning every day and this with their diagnosis, whatever that is, if they're getting one of those. Uncreate and destroy, that's to get rid of all of these points of views about it so you can have freedom to be to be you, to choose you. Because, I mean, you know, if you're being you, you have so much more possibility of what you can create in the world and what you can create for you. That's why what if nothing about you was ever wrong is such a great question to ask people because so many of us are coming from this wrongness and we're yeah. putting all this other stuff on ourselves. But it has nothing to do with what we be to try to avoid people judging us as wrong. And if you can get to the place where you know nothing about you is wrong, what would you actually create then that would act, would contribute to your life? And what if everything around you could be a contribution to your life, including school? Well, I love this question because as you were talking about it, I was saying to myself, well, what if nothing about me was wrong? What if nothing about me was wrong? And, you know, I think that for a lot of people, they're so used to having something wrong uh, that we have to learn this. I mean, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, Those things, I think, that we have been willing to accept, they take a spot in ourselves as well. You know, other people's view of our wrongness finds a home someplace in our consciousness and life and boy that doesn't feel good no no and that's and 
that's one of the greatest gifts that access has been for me and so many people, yeah. these tools, is that you don't function from avoiding other people's judgments about you. You function from what you would choose and what you would like to create. And the weird thing is, when you start going from that place, people judge you less. I find there's less judge, I'm judged less by everyone around me that used to be, you know, my parents and my family used to judge me quite a bit. They judge me less. They can't, it, does, it doesn't stick anymore, so them judging me doesn't work as well. So when you're willing exactly. to be you, you are able to uh, not be stuck by the judgments, and the judgments start to go away. And then you even have more choice in what you want to create. Well, you know, part of this is really saying yes to uh, the opportunity to become more aware. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really brilliant because I I think that for me, you know, asking some of the questions that I know you talk about, um, you know, uh, on the show opens up a whole new opportunity to really become more aware. And that has really been a gift. And I know you see it, you know, watching children have a new insight about something, I think is the most profoundly powerful thing that we can see. And Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for doing what you do. And I wanted to ask you, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Well, for children to ask the question, just play with this. What would it take for school to be fun and easy for you? Ask that question in the morning before you, when you're driving the kids to school. What would it take for today for school to be fun and easy for you? And just let that go and then ask them at the end of the day if anything fun or easy showed up. And see what, what, what you guys can create that's different. You know, creating something different changed the world. Glenna, thank you so much. Give out your website. Also mention the next call. And uh, thank you for doing all you do. Thank you. Yeah, GlennaRice.com and Questionable Conversations next month in February. Sign up now if you want to get it at the, the lower rate. Thank awesome. You, awesome. GlennaRice.com, everyone. Check it out. Find out where she's going to be. She's going to be somewhere that you are. So go ahead and check that out. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time on the show.